God of the universe, maker of the stars, who am I? everyone. Well, welcome to week number five, I believe it is. Um, some might say that's a significant number, but we're just going to go for it and see what happens anyway. <laughs> uh, we've been enjoying this a lot, so welcome, welcome. Uh, thank you for anyone who's been sharing this, who's been uh, putting it out there. Uh, we're enjoying it. We're hoping that you are enjoying it. We are hope that, I also hope that you're not enjoying it, but that it's making you really just dig into some stuff and, uh, there you, go. you know, just uh, do some introspection there. Um we're excited to be here. We're going to be talking about some very exciting topics. I'm sure, you know, Dad, you're going to give the intro for that because it's something that you've been talking about for a long time. And also, I believe that today is a, an important day for you. Is it not? Hopefully That's right. Uh, it actually is a, a great day that I found out that uh, actually it was just a few days ago that we are already ranking number 28 on uh, Apple iTunes um, under the religion category. So that's a great time. Oh, wait a minute. You maybe you're thinking about something else. <laughs> Ooh, I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell mom. <laughs> she listens, Daniel. You don't need to tell <laughs> oh, that's her. True. Uh, yeah, um, it is uh it is our it is my 41st anniversary today. And um, yes, guys, okay, I I took my my wife Kathy to uh, dinner last night, and um it is official. She has now endured longer than the Hebrews in the wilderness. How about that? <laughs> uh, I say a prayer for her there. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> oh man, that's good. I like that. Yeah. So thank that one. Yeah, it's uh, it's been uh, it's been a wild time. Uh, she married me for the money and looks, of course, and um, yeah, maybe not. So it's uh no we've been uh we've been blessed through the years in uh, so many ways uh three children and now uh six and and one of the way grandchildren and of course one of them mm -hmm. one of those children being daniel and uh proud of all mm -hmm. of our our children we have them scattered literally all over the world so uh here's to heading toward number 42. Mm -hmm. there you so go. guys awesome. let's go with this thing um you know, when I did the trailer, I was just like, okay, what is, what is this all about? Um, we, we've got this thing of life on purpose. And uh, to give everyone a, a bit of a, a foundation for this, a number of years ago, I was introduced to a man who has uh, since passed away. He died in a, in a plane accident many years ago, a number of years ago, uh, on final approach to Nassau. And uh, his name was Dr. Uh, Miles Monroe. Uh, incredible man. Uh, did I agree with everything that he said? Uh, I don't agree with everything I say. <laughs> so that's kind of been one of those irrelevant <laughs> statements to me. But uh, he was so instrumental in my life of, you know, of finding purpose. And this is really something that I see in, in our day. Um, when you know, when you talk, when we talk about purpose, uh, guys, let's kind of roll it around here uh, around the screens. Uh, what are you thinking about? I mean, is this something that that you were really taught? Uh, and Daniel, you you've got to give me some you know some good credit there. But uh, um, you know, for the other guys, is this something purpose? Was this something you were taught in your life growing up? Hmm. That, that's an interesting question, Mike. Um, 
I think I think yes. Uh, we were taught to be. Well, I maybe perhaps it was a, a skewed version of purpose in a okay. sense, uh, and I don't mean that in a negative light. Uh, but we were taught to be. Uh, purpose driven as far as uh, if there was uh, something that you were going to pursue, mm -hmm. uh, pursue it, you know, with everything, be excellent at it, you know, that kind of thing. Um, that's different than having purpose, which I'm sure we'll get into mm -hmm. in a minute. Go, now, let, let's make sure that we don't miss that. Uh, explain yourself there, Ryan. I got gotcha. you. I guess in my mind, like pursuing purpose, so like for instance, me with music, uh, music I felt was my purpose, right? Um, was it necessarily God's purpose for me? Well, it's it's uh, turned out that yes. Does that make sense? That sort of correlation there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Hopefully yeah. So. You were you were, <laughs> you were maybe to say it in a different way. You were um, you were doing the thing that was in front of you with purpose you know yes you know trying to excel at it and and do it on purpose and not just kind of fumble your way through it but right. it's it was a it was a it was a mindset not a um like a not a, a not a realization of calling yeah yet at go. that time yeah. so i'm you know referencing back to like where we raised you know, with, with purpose, understanding what purpose was and that kind of thing. So that's kind of what I would say to that, if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. I think, it, I think it makes an incredible amount of sense. David, what about you? <laughs> yeah. That's why I wanted to kind of jump off of what uh, Ryan's saying there that I did, I didn't have that similar attitude or the, uh, the mindset because I wasn't put into music at an early age, but there was that ingraining from my parents there, in which I think every, a child has some sense of that from their parent. They're all seems like every night about five minutes. Yeah, yep, yep, we, uh, there it is. We get to start <laughs> over again. So, uh, David, you cut out right about the time you said uh, about your parents. Okay, every every child is okay. Is, uh, brought up, you know, given this by their parents. right. Every which my parents were no different. Every parent seemed like they're always trying to get their children to be. Uh, in purpose, something like Ryan, you're talking about, they put you in music right away. Or with me, it was always being a responsible person. And in some sense, I'm just, I'll kind of just be brief about it. It was just that kind of way, being responsible, uh, not getting in trouble. I mean, the kind of the typical stuff, right? Being responsible for your life, don't bring shame upon your family and, and just try to be a good person in a sense, right? That's very broad, okay. but there's more that you could probably really dig into that there. But it was really for myself, like we're kind of going through here is that the first question I really had as a teenager, right? Really, when I started realizing the fragility of life, how things go in this world, you start realizing, wait a minute, what am I supposed to do? Hmm. Who am I? And <laughs> what am I actually, like, the questions that we're kind of like, kind of answering here, all of a sudden, those flood of questions happen. And if you really have been, you can really, you could really get depressed in those questions. Uh -huh. And I think that I think a lot of us have kind of gone through those stages of asking mm -hmm. that question of what's going on here. And I remember sitting there going, well, what, what am I supposed to do here? And then it's like, all right, well, I better just start just taking a crack and stab at something. And I remember doing one thing and then going, well, that didn't really work out. So I better try something else. And then, oh, wow, I'm actually kind of good at this. Let me try this out. So I think that way, that's how I kind of grew up into the sense of maybe purpose driven. It was the, some ingraining from parents, but then also figuring out what am I supposed to do here? Because you can't just sit around doing nothing. So, so think, what I'm hearing is, is, is more of a trial and error thing. 
Okay. And mm-hmm. we're going to get to this in just a few moments that I think that it should be more than just trial and error through life. Yeah. Daniel, let me throw it to you first Maybe. while I try to turn off all this stuff on my phone here. So, okay. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, something I was going to say is, um, you know, that kind of seems to be uh, a common theme here is, you know, or, or Dave, at least what you were saying, you know, the trial mm-hmm. and error, you know, I would say that the amount of student loans that we mm-hmm. see out there is uh, a very good indicator of people searching for purpose because Mm -hmm. if you don't know your purpose i mean not not to say that like you know you don't ever get student loans if you don't know your purpose that's not what i'm saying but you know if you the society has kind of taught the the school generation i'll say that you just kind of go to college and you figure it out along the way but Mm -hmm. college is the last place that has a right to tell you as a child of god what your purpose is and so if you try to look there then you're just going to end up with a ton of money that you owe and no better idea but you know i think there's there's definitely layers to purpose and it's almost like there's there's an inflow of purpose from god as you know what he has purposed you to do in this life but then there's also like this outflow of us doing things with purpose Yes, I was actually going to tell you, like, that's exactly your right. Like when going to college, that was always something that they would, the staff would try to say, hey, well, you'll just figure it out as you're going. And you're right. A lot of the, the kids, even my peers, when I was in college, same thing. They would just think, well, I'll just figure out who I am here. And that is probably the worst place to figure out who you yeah. are is there. And you're right. The student debt, that absolutely is a sign of it. And really, it's it's really a sign of why this question is so powerful, mm-hmm. why it's so such a huge deal. And the question that we're going to bring up tonight and talk about is who are you? Mm. And, you know, so if I go out to, you know, the man on the street kind of thing, and I walk up to them with a microphone and I say to them, who are you? What is the number one answer I'm going to get? Their name. I'm so-and-so. Yeah. Now, okay. Many people, most people, have not uh, have not spent the time to look at what their name means, okay? And that's a challenge. I, I would challenge everyone that uh, to to look up your name online, find out what the name is. Uh, in 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 uh, Jewish culture, they actually will spend time praying about this. I know that Daniel, you've done the same thing mm-hmm. about what is the name that that the Creator would have for this child, and uh, because the name has to do with who the person is. And we look back to Jacob and Esau and various places in scripture. Uh, So your name is relevant, but does a name actually say who you are? No, maybe, maybe real quick, dad, um, just to, do you want to give like a really broad overview of like, you know, why we're even like, you know, because you mentioned Miles Monroe, but you know, the five questions, you want to just outline that real quick, just so people kind of know, where we're going and what our what our intentions are here, uh, what we're going to be spending some time on. Yeah, sure. So over the over the next weeks, uh, we're going to be talking about what is on our trailer. The five questions of life are: Who are you? Where are you from? What have you been given? What are you going to do with it? And what will be the result of the first four questions? <laughs> so that's where we're heading with this. Mm-hmm. So here here's my here's my thought, guys. Um, it. Everybody, most everyone would uh, would say their name. You say, who are you? And they would mm-hmm. give their name. Okay. Yeah. Uh, true. Yes. Is it really true? Anyway. So let, let's take it a different place. 
Um, are we a spiritual being living in a physical body? Or are we a physical being with a spiritual side somewhere? I would I say we're, oh, uh, I, would, I would say we're a spiritual being living in a physical body. How many people realize that today, Ryan? Very few. I would say that's a uh, few and far between kind of thing. Mm -hmm. David, do you want to add I, something to that? I was about to say, I think I would love to add to that. I think there's a, one of the best ways of seeing this is especially, I think fasting is a point that I would like to point out that really points this out. Because especially when you're fasting and you're hungry, especially when it gets past that, uh, maybe after that third meal you've skipped, right? <laughs> you're hungry. There's something about prayer that I, I've noticed this very time and time again. Something mm -hmm. will happen. It's like your soul is just rejuvenated and you're not thinking about hunger as much as you used to. And I think that is one of a, a that's a physical, just telltale sign right there that there's something more than just the physical substance of eating and things like that. That, that that's a telltale sign. And then especially when in worship, there's something that happens there. Like we talked to him during our testimonies. I think I know Daniel had a point that he talked about last time where he had the, a worship and all of a sudden it just fell on him. That is also a very, very physical sign that we are spiritual bodies in a physical world for sure. Oh, that is. Yeah. And I think another, uh, another indicator to that point would be, you know, there are what, like over 10,000 religions in the world. And, you know, the point of religion is, you know, to connect with a spiritual thing, you know, whatever, whatever that may be through the mm -hmm. very various religions. And so there's, it's very evident to me that everyone, no matter who you are, and I think we touched on this a couple of times, uh, you know, within the past um, podcast uh, videos, that everybody has moments where they realize there's something more than this physical thing. And so I, I, you know, I think that it's, it's a no brainer, you know, we are spiritual beings that are walking through this, this life in a physical body. Mm -hmm. Okay, so today, uh, I didn't look at it, because I, I don't really care about these things. But uh, this morning, the broadcast on all the uh, television stations of what I'm told, is that uh, the the queen, the queen of England, uh, she was laid to rest. Mm -hmm. Um. So is, you know, we look at it, something like this. It, it was the queen laid to rest. I mean, is that is that a true statement that the that the queen was laid to rest? If you let's take the title out of it for a moment, mm. that Elizabeth, okay, whatever her last name, <laughs> Elizabeth, uh, that okay. was the that that was on this earth, and was given this title as the queen, was she laid to rest today? I would say no. Why? Because her spirit will go on to one place or another, but you know, the physical body it itself is, is definitely passed away. Mm -hmm. So is the focus of the world today on, and that this David, I think goes to what you were talking about. The focus is on the physical body with very little uh, insight and leading into how do we deal with the spiritual body mm -hmm. that we are. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, you could see it. It's all over social media. It's all over advertisements. Um, it's 
the world trying to impart what you what identity you should take on in the physical form mm-hmm. with no emphasis on the spiritual form at all. In fact, the things of that are spiritual are for the most part frowned upon. Mm-hmm. I, I was gonna even part. I would I would sit here just thinking about that question because there's even more to if you if you could dissect and go into that whole thing about the title of queen in the kind of society where we're at. I mean, you could really go off into that tangent, but I'm not going to go there. But I wanted to <laughs> look at what our Jewish brothers do, right? Yeah. Uh, I it's always very powerful for me when you when the loved one passes away, and the mourner's cottage. If you've ever got a chance to read that, it actually is really fascinating because a lot of times people come up and say, oh, we'll say a few words about the person when they've passed, right? But in Jewish culture, that's not even a thing. It's all about praising the father. It's all about praising him. Mm-hmm. And it's that's the whole point of it. So it's like you say, oh, so our mourners, please rise. And you would think, okay, there's going to be some mention about the one who's passed. Not at all. It's all about him. It's really that entire prayer is future-minded sense. It's it's a hope. It's a hope that we're going to see what after this life, we're going to see that person again. However, that's going to be, who knows? Doesn't matter. It's that there is something beyond this world. There is something beyond where we're in presently in the flesh. There is something happening. So I wanted to point that out that I've always been fascinated by that prayer. Hmm. Yeah. You guys add, add to that? Or I'll move on. Okay. Yeah, I don't have yeah, anything sounds, else on that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I okay, think that covered yeah. it. Um, okay, I want, let, let me take off on this thing for just a moment because it was uh, 2015 that uh, my mother, Daniel's grandmother, died. And uh, I was in Israel right after that. And I was talking to a Jewish friend of mine, and uh, he knew that my mother had passed away. And he said, so now you become her praise. And I'm like, What? He said, you become her praise. And I, I, I just, you know, looking at him like a cow looking at a new gate, uh, <laughs> I had no idea what he was talking about. And he took me to the book of Psalms, and it says in Psalm 115, verse 17, the dead can't praise God, not those who sink down into silence, but we will bless God from now on and forever. Hallelujah. He said, you're... Your, your loved one, okay, in my case, my mother, was no longer able to give a praise God on this earth. It was not mm-hmm. to be heard. He said, so now you become the praise. You become the vessel that in communicating to others about, and maybe this goes to honor your father and mother. You know, when I give an example of a good deed, uh, something that she did in in my life of uh, of always making sure that you know even in time that we had difficulties financially, my mother always would go to the store and make sure that our children had you know amazing clothes to wear, and uh, that's something she did for us. And mm-hmm. so I can tell that story, and in a way, I'm bringing forth her memory as a praise unto God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I want to go. I want to go to a different level here. I want to go to a different place. Uh, let's take this back to the Book of Genesis. Okay, I mean that's a anything that we do. I think it's a good place to go to in Genesis, and we we read the story. And I'm just one of those people that's crazy enough to believe that the Bible's true. Um, 
and then it actually happened like you know like it says so it says that god created the heavens and the earth and then he takes this piece of dirt this this clump of dirt and he forms it into a what looks like a human being uh kind of like you guys probably played with uh, with play-doh when you were kids yes. Absolutely. You know? did. Yeah. Did you ever make like a, you know, Gumby or something like that? Yep. yep. Yeah. So he made like a Gumby thing, but it wasn't doing anything. It was just kind of there, you know, and you'd have to move it around its arms and stuff. And, but it couldn't do anything. And then he breathed into it yeah. and it became a living creature. So we are literally, if you think about it, we are spiritual beings living in dirt suits right right yeah so what do we do with something like that what do we do with a thought like that that you know how many people have thought about that today uh probably not many so what do we do with a thought like <laughs> that how should that change the way that we live you know it's interesting that uh dr monroe brought up is the fact that and now that you've mentioned it in this form i'll i'll shape the question in another way what was formed first the spirit or the body? Mm, okay. And his answer to that came out of Jeremiah when he says, I knew you before you were born, before you were conceived in your mother's womb, I created you. So obviously the spirit was formed first, mm -hmm. which meant that spirit had a purpose and a destiny before it ever met the body. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I would say then it's a, the same thing is true. I, I really... Uh, something that really impressed upon me during this last revive, and I wanted to make sure it was dr driven home. Just you're here and you're alive. <laughs> this is why <laughs> this is your purpose. Like that, you are to do things. This is why you're here. Like God brought you here. He's brought you into this place. You're alive. You're breathing. Mm -hmm. God puts you on this earth. There's purpose here. There is something here. And then to think about what you, the question you offered. If you are a spiritual being doing these things, that means there's a job for you to complete or there's mm -hmm. something for you to do. And we like to get wrapped up, especially in a Western mindset, especially in America. I think that's, I think one of our biggest downfalls is that we get so wrapped up into the materialism. We get so wrapped up in the self and we don't see the things that need to be done outside. Whereas a lot more of the Eastern cultures or even like the uh, Christian, Judeo-Christian culture would be more community minded. It's about serving the community, about looking at the broad space of what that is and actually driving towards that. And then as you move towards that, you usually find out that niche that you're going into. I, that's how I look at it. And I think that if you look at like the name thing we talked about, that's also going back to it. Is it the name that's doing it to you? Hopefully we do pray about the name uh, for that person. But I know that there's people like that. That's like the joke, right? A, a Karen, right? That's a, it's used for a certain kind of negative attribute for how women talk. But what's interesting is how a woman will be named Karen and they'll sort of act the same way. It doesn't mean that it's always the case, but there is something about having that name. And I know that for myself, my, I don't go by my first name, but my middle name became more of a, an obvious one, which is Dave. And that's became even more so used more prevalently. And I think that I kind of, my life kind of transitioned into that, which was odd when I look back on my life and go, that's weird how that happened. <laughs> but you're driving towards something. You're moving towards that because you're a spiritual being. So I think that I look at that and it's like, it's absolutely true. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, 
you know, it's a powerful question, you know, who are you? And it's one that, you know, you know, Miles Monroe was very specific in his ordering of these questions, because if the enemy can take you out on the first one, he doesn't have to worry about the rest of them. And, you know, I think we can oh, whoa, look whoa, at whoa, the, whoa, uh, whoa, 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 stop back, back, back up there. <laughs> Put that one in reverse. <laughs> <laughs> Try that one again, Daniel. Um, okay. If the enemy is that part. Yeah. That part? If the enemy can take you out on the first one, then he doesn't need to worry about the rest. And the first one has to do with what? Your identity, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So if yeah. he can if he can confuse your identity, then everything else falls apart. Now look at what's happening today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On a on a broad scale. And he even did it to Yeshua, you know, in the, in the temptations in the wilderness, Mm -hmm. you know, he said, if you are really the son Mm -hmm. of God, he didn't ask him, are you the son of God? But he was, he was trying to create a scenario where Yeshua would try to prove who he was out of insecurity. It was the same question, make him question or make him prove out of insecurity who he was. So if you know who you are, then you're, you will never be questioned. You will never allow someone that's questioning that that identity to lead you in the wrong path. Mm-hmm. That's right. It's like a yep. pillar for your life, I guess you could say, right? Mm-hmm. And that's and and that's why you know our our message at Revive for the most part was a very simple one. It was one that was you are special. You are someone. You are unique you are a child of God. Like if you, if you need some encouragement, like look up on Google or on a, you know, a Bible search or whatever, like, you know, what does the Bible say about who I am? Because you'll find out very quickly who you are in God. You know, you are a child of God. You are loved. You are a minister of reconciliation, like all this, all this stuff. There are, there's dozens of just like, you know, rapid fire. You are this. And when you figure out who you are, Mm you become effective. And I, lo- I love one of the things Miles Monroe said, he said, don't worry about titles. You are not a title. You are not a miss, you know, a, you are not a, uh, you know, a boss or an executive. You are not um, the president, you know, any of this stuff. People who are ineffective in life need more titles to make up for the fact that they are ineffective. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I love it. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think we can all relate to that in one sense or another. You'll see a bunch of people with all these titles and you go, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, yeah. thanks. I have a simple question and then it just falls apart. I was, I wanted to take what you're saying and I, it's something that's really relating to me because you, you mentioned about, uh, you listen to those, like those videos of people that have collaborated with verses and talking about who you are. And I've, I've listened to those and I'm sitting here thinking about all those times where, I felt down or depressed and uh, yeah, it happens to everybody, right? Everyone's gone through this stuff and it's a part of life, unfortunately, but what does the enemy immediately try to attack you in? It's who you are, who it's your identity. If he could just snap that out and say, you're not a child of God. You're not a part of the kingdom. You have no purpose in the kingdom. There's no, you're too stupid. You're all this stuff. Mm-hmm. He's got, he, he doesn't have, he, he's one. He could just sit back and just let you just destroy yourself because th- I've, I've seen people 
struggle with this question and it's like destroying it's a this like self-destruction happening and it's like wow over a prolonged period of time but still they're on that course of it and it's like wow but understanding it's a simple thing but it's also it's, it's quite uh, what, what's the what's the thing i want to say here it's it's a uh, it's mind-blowing but it's extraordinary when you really fully grasp the idea that mm-hmm. you are a child of god that means you have purpose here. That means there's a reason why you're here, that you're not just mm-hmm. some mistake. I think that that's one of the most damaging things is for uh, people to say, oh, you were just a mistake. <laughs> just mm-hmm. whatever. You just happened. Yeah. It's like, whoo, God you know, made sure can, that happened. So you can ahead. believe, you know, going on, like if we were to skip ahead a question or a question or two, you can believe and know that you have a purpose. But if you don't believe and know who you are, then you think it's up to you to fulfill that purpose and you're going to become hopeless wow. when you realize that you can't. Wow. Not so think, by yourself. I think this is where, let me bring up something, another one of these kind of one-liner things that, uh, that you know, and I, I really encourage people to write some things down and, and, and think about it later on. Uh, when we talk about purpose, many people get their, their purpose uh, confused with their occupation. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So if a person believes that their occupation is their purpose and their identity becomes wrapped up in their occupation. Mm-hmm. So if yes. you, you, if you watch a game show, okay. And, and Daniel knows we've, you know, we've watched a few game shows along the way. Uh, I do that when I want to be totally mindless. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I love to watch Jeopardy. Okay, Jeopardy is is one of those great programs for me because it makes me s- understand how smart I am. It it does because I know que- I know answers to questions that they don't know. They know you know where what city and state and you know some trivia thing, but you put up a Bible category, and they're like, "Who built the ark?" Uh, I don't know. You know, I mean. You know, so I, I you know, it, it's priorities here. But uh, <laughs> if we if we consider, you know, in a, on a game show, they'll they'll ask you, you know, they'll talk about, you know, well, this person's name is this and this is what they do. Mm-hmm. So their identity is wrapped up in what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Ryan, you you work, you're uh, you know, you work for uh, with with Tony and with uh, mm-hmm. with David. Um, mm-hmm. You do some amazing drawings and design houses. But that, is that who you are? No, no, and, and that's even become kind of a funny thing, is because it's so little of our overall identity uh, sometimes that there's a great number of people that don't know that that's actually what we do. Uh, it's, it's actually mm-hmm. funny the people that go, "Oh, y'all play music." Is is you know, uh, is that your occupation? Which is kind of laughable sometimes that you know it, when you're in ministry of any kind for somebody to say, "Is that your?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. heaven forbid yeah um, <laughs> but um yeah it's it's literally what we do to to keep the lights on and to fund what we do with the band mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. to you know help bring the message of the gospel to all who will listen and all to, to who god will take us to mm-hmm. uh and set us before so yeah it's it's literally no part of our identity it's mm-hmm. um some days it's just a hassle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? You're right. 
I think I'll jump in here too, since I'm kind of relayed with this question a little bit. I think I would look at it as uh, in baton racing, right? It's just a baton. Uh, the work is just a thing where it's used to just drive through it. It's just a means that God has provided saying, we do this so that like in, in preparation for these things to happen. In no way is our job the source of why we get to go play because he's our source. We've always yes. known that. And he reminds us very quickly if we think that our job is the reason why we get to go do things. And, uh, oh, that could be a whole, that could be a really great thing. Uh, it's very powerful when you start conflating things like that, because if you start losing track of your identity, where you're at with God, that God's the one who's giving you that purpose, he'll remind you. And it's, yeah. it's very obvious when he reminds you. <laughs> I'll say it that way. It's very obvious. Yep. Yeah, I'll never forget. Um, I was probably maybe 16 or 17, somewhere around there. And um, I, I asked someone that very question, you know, just someone knew that I had met that I was going to be spending some time with, um, you know, getting to know each other, just asked him, like, you know, what do you do? And he's like, well, I'm a husband and I'm a father. Um, and he went on and I was like, but I was asking like, you know, what you do for work. And he was like, yeah, but I, but I'm, I'm telling you like who I am first. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that has always stuck with me that he was so in tune with this question that it didn't even phase him. Like he was like, yeah, I'm a husband and a father. Like, you know, that's, that's, that's who I am right now. You know, this, this other stuff that I do, it's just what I do to fulfill. It, it's really an order of priorities, you know, either, mm -hmm. either you are, you know, a, um, you know, I'm in construction. And so either I'm a, a construction, you know, business owner, uh, who, you know, that's who I am. And I kind of have my family on the side, or, you know, I find out very quickly that that is a very horrible way to live. Or I realize like, I am a child of God, a husband, a father, and the construction world is what God has given me to, you know, get from A to B essentially. Mm -hmm. But even there, you know, of course, you know, we could go and a lot of different directions of, you know, do everything as unto God. And, you know, he's given us many ways to show who we are through our business, which, you know, again, a whole nother, mm -hmm. whole nother subject right there. So this yeah. brings out the point of, are we a, you know, we are called human beings. We're not called human doings. And there's a reason for that. Mm -hmm. So when we, when we quit being, when our identity is not in our being, but in our doing, then the identity of our being becomes confused. Did I confuse you? <laughs> no, in fact, for me, you brought to mind this comedian and uh, the comedian goes, you know, you're a, you're a, you have a child, right? And people go, oh, well, well, is he walking yet? When is he walking, right? And he's walking. When, when is he talking? Oh, he's, he's talking, you know? Oh, when is he gonna, are you gonna put him in school? When is he gonna be in school? Oh, you know, when is he in middle school? Oh, now he's in high school. Oh, yeah. Well, when you're in high school, what are you going to do for college? You better start thinking about college. Then college comes and you go, oh, well, you better start thinking about what you want to do with your life. You know, what, what kind of job you want to have and so forth. And then you start getting in the job and then they go, oh, well, don't you want to be promoted? Don't you want a promotion and so forth? And then once you get all those promotions, they go, well, when are you going to retire? You know, spend some time with the family and everything. Then you retire and, and then you die and they all stand around their, your grave and they go, well, he had a good life. They're all finally happy for you, I guess you know, is kind of what his whole thing yeah, was. I mean, <laughs> because it was all in, like you said, Mike, it was all in the doing. What are you going to do next? Mm -hmm. And that's the question the world will perpetually ask you until you're six feet in the ground. Yeah. So, so true.
so true. It's true. It's, and uh, I think, um, go ahead, Daniel. um, you know, Shabbat, uh, is, is really the key for this one, I think. And uh, for, mm. for anyone who's not familiar with that, you know, it's one of the, one of the 10 commandments, the fourth one to honor and guard the Shabbat. Um, you know, some, some people out there observe it on Sunday, we observe it on Shabbat on Saturday. Um, and so we, it, it's a day of rest and it's funny how even intellectual thinkers who are not who do not have a relationship with God will tell you that the world needs Shabbat. The world needs a day of rest. Um, you know, highly intellectual philosophers of, of our day or people who are both, you know, they, yeah. they, you know, do have a relationship with God, but they also are extremely smart. They're just like, if this world would take the Shabbat seriously and take that day of rest, it would change the world in a month, oh, yeah. you know, because it just, you know, because Ryan, what you're saying, like, where in there is their time to settle down and and just be and do? And so Shabbat is a time of being. Like God was very very smart when He told us to take a day off because He knows that our tendency is to strive without Him and to work mm -hmm. without Him and to just go go and grind and all this stuff. But you know, that's something He's actually been teaching me recently. As there's some you know new things I'm embarking on and, and learning just reminding me like whatever you do do it from a place of rest because if you strive without him or if you try to do it in your own in your own strength you just burn yourself out very very quickly mm -hmm. so we you know we follow the i'm sorry did that cut no, you no. out there oh no no i'm just thinking about what you're uh what daniel was talking about i think that there's uh there's definitely some uh there's some good stuff there i was uh getting lost in that whole idea of Shabbat because I, I don't think I could I don't think I think of me and Ryan have talked about this I don't think I could function without a day without that day of rest and that day being like guarded against all the other mundane stuff yeah. man we have to get away from all this stuff so I just want to reiterate that you're absolutely right that's yeah. so true yes. Yeah, so we, you know, the, the four of us do a the biblical Shabbat, uh, which if you go back to Genesis, it uh, it says that evening and morning was the first day, and so we celebrate, you know, we celebrate Shabbat, guard Shabbat from Friday night to Saturday night, sundown to sundown, and um, you know, I don't believe that the that God changes, so you know, seven is seven from the beginning to the end. Uh, mm -hmm. That's you know, that's uh, I, I'm you know we can get into that issue. I'm not going to go to it because it, um, it's not, I just would, I would, I would challenge people that if you don't, you know, if you've never done this, try it because see what you're talking, what you're talking, we're talking about guys is, is a very simple thing that Shabbat this day off is about us reconnecting with who we are. Oh man, I was just about mm -hmm. to say that. Nice. <laughs> okay. But not only reconnecting with who we are, because mm -hmm. without connecting with who he is, we really don't know who we are. And yeah, that's, that's the right. purpose of our program here. You know, back to Genesis, when God brought forth plants, he spoke to the dirt and said, let the plants come forth from the dirt. When he spoke, when, when he wanted to bring forth fish in the water, he spoke to the waters and the waters brought forth fish. But when he wanted to bring forth life into this, you know, little Gumby thing that he had created, mm -hmm. he spoke from himself. 
It says he breathed into Adam and he became a living creature. So what happens if you take a plant out of the dirt? It, it dies. dies. Yeah. What happens if you take a fish out of water? Hmm. So what if you take man away from his connection with God? Mm -hmm. So my Here's question is body. this, do we have a bunch of people walking around dead? I think we've seen that. I, I maybe jumped the gun a little bit, but you're right. Like I've seen people, yeah. you're like the spiritual zombie, essentially, walking around dead inside. There's nothing, like, it's like you're like, hello, is there anyone home? And nothing's there. The, the house is empty. It's like when that connection's severed, no, you can't. I think this is the essence of your life is being connected with the creator. Mm -hmm. I think it even says in the Torah portion, which I think we're going to be getting very close to uh, here, where it's like, this is the essence of your life. This is doing these things. It's the essence of your life. This is mm -hmm. why you're here is to do these things. I gave you these commands to do them. And without that connection, that's why I think it's so important. That's why he makes it see like he stresses that so much in his word. Take this Shabbat. Take the Shabbat. It's so important to him. It's like it's a commandment that's in the in the 10. And then it said all throughout, like, remember the Shabbat, remember the Shabbat, remember the Shabbat. Because he knows that if we get too far away from it, and I've been there in my life, and we talked about me, I know we talked about in our testimony, Ryan, about how we were going away from the Shabbat. And man, he got made sure we knew how much it was a of a disappointment it was, and also how much we were going to regret doing that. But we thought that by doing these things to be responsible, that that's what, how we were going to get, I guess, the, uh, the essence of our life and how, if we do it, if within our own human nature, within our own, what we think in our flesh, that we can get things done, that we'll get it done. It's, it's absolutely false. Because when I returned back to the Shabbat, it was like, why did I even leave? Why did I even leave in the first place? What was I thinking? I can't get away from the Shabbat. And now it, you can even pay me and say, oh, you need to work on the Shabbat. It's like, heck no. <laughs> Keep your money. Keep your money. I ain't doing that. No way. That There's no way. And I so. think it's a, it's a big mistake and sad thing that, you know, I think probably just we as humans uh, do, you know, not really constrained to, but I guess I'm talking about believers in specific right now, that even as believers, we can fall out of the, just think that because we believe in him, like that's good. You know, like we, we maintain connection with him, but that's, that's not true. Like you can believe in him and you can be a believer of him and even have a relationship with him. But if you don't, you know, whoever you are, however you're doing it, like if you don't take that time to reconnect mm -hmm. with him and let him restore and speak to who you are, then we just, we need that, you know, it doesn't come, you know, I referenced this children's book at a revive actually. Mm -hmm. And essentially, you know, it's about this, you know, just little, you know, downtrodden character who, you know, goes to the maker and the maker's just like, don't listen to what they tell you you are like, don't accept their praise or their criticisms. Like you come spend time with me and mm -hmm. I will tell you who you are. And I will give you rest and I will make it to where their words don't affect you anymore. And I think that's another part of Shabbat and a, another part of spending time with him and finding who you are is right. the more time you spend with him and figure out who you are in him. You know, I, I think someone said this earlier, but the less 
their, you know, other people's opinions and other people's words and their assignments on you will matter. And the more you will be able to function in who you actually are. Right. I think I also wanted to just to, just to jump on what you're saying there too, is that it's not just, okay, once out of every seven days. So it's like, no, it should be an every day, but one day yep. needs to be complete cutoff from all the other stuff. Mm-hmm. But we need to take that time. Like you say, like every day there needs to be time because the more you're connected, the more you're going to be connected to the identity you are. And if you're far, further away from it, then you'll be like, where's God? He's so far away. Mm-hmm. Well, if that, that's the case, if you find yourself asking that, I had someone tell me this before. And he's like, if you find yourself saying that, how, how many times have you tried to come back towards him? How many times have you returned back to saying and talking with the father and talking and going back? How many times have you done that? Uh, is it just once out every seven days, once a month? Mm-hmm. Or is it every day? maybe even multiple times a day. There's that connection that we need to have. And I think that that's something that we definitely lack. And I'm not going to say that I'm perfect to that either, but there's definitely days where I realize, wait, I'm tapped out spiritually. My jar is like tapped Mm -hmm. out. I got to, I got to get back connected with that. So I think you're absolutely have a solid point. You're bringing up solid, solid point. You know, we talk about this connection and identity and all those things and, uh, and looking to other people and, and thinking about what other people say. Uh, Ryan, I'm going back to something you brought up a few weeks, a, a couple of shows ago. Now, um, we think about this thing of our identity of, you know, people come to you and, you know, all the negative stuff and the, uh, you know, insecurities that uh, as humans, we deal with sometimes. And, and you know, we can get wrapped up in that. But But what about if you lose your identity in the father? but you're living in a world of praise. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, <laughs> they're, both of those extremes have their own dangers, obviously. Uh, because while one will, can lead to depression, um, which we can you know, define what that is at a later time, um, and the other one can lead to an inflated ego uh, that seeks glory for yourself. And so your identity is then found in how you feel based on the opinion of others. Ryan, I got a quick, I got a question for you. I don't know if you can answer this or not. Which one do you think is more dangerous? Ooh, I would almost say the one that we were just talking about, uh, basing it off of the success, the constant, you know, basking in the glow of the adulation of your peers. Um, I think to quote Rango, uh, (laughs) um, (laughs) because it's almost allows you to replace God. Mm. The praises, the the praises and the success become your God. Mm. So the, so the negative insecurity will probably push you toward God, whereas the positive adulations will probably push you farther away from him? Yes. Uh, so I just this just came to mind, too. Look at the first thing the serpent says to Eve. Uh, Did God say, right? So he, he's questioning what God said, right? And she said, uh, he said, if we eat it, we'll die. And he said, surely you'll not die. 
but you will become like gods. Mm. Hello. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. There, warnings, uh, bells, right? It's, right? it's all right there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Danger, Will Rogers. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, let's, let's turn a corner here real fast. Um, we've got about uh, 12 or so minutes uh, left in the program today. We're coming up on the fall festivals. And uh, this is, again, going back into the, the books of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. In Leviticus chapter 23, it says that there are the feasts of Adonai, the feast of God, the feast of the Lord, however people would, are familiar with that. It does not say, and this is not an anti-Jewish statement, it does not say these are the feasts of the Jews. It says no. these are the feasts of the Lord. Mm -hmm. So we're coming up on the what's the fall festivals, which is mm -hmm. Yom Teruah, the day of sounding the trumpets, uh, Yom Kippur, the day of atonement, and the eight-day camping trip of Sukkot. Mm -hmm. um, let's let's talk a little bit about. Um, we will be celebrating Yom Teruah, the the day of of trumpets again. Leviticus twenty-three. If you want to read about these, um, guys, this will be uh, Sunday night to Monday night. What, how does it, what is this festival to you? What, what does it mean to you? How do, what do you, give me some thoughts. You know, it's funny because this one arguably has the least amount of instruction regarding mm -hmm. it, you know, maybe, maybe to be compared uh, to the Feast of First Fruits, um, where it pretty much just says you are to sound trumpets. You know, there, there's a little bit more and you can add some contextual stuff. Um, and there's been a lot of, um, you know, rabbinic, uh, instructions on how to observe this day, but, you know, just strictly, you know, biblical, you know, taking from the Torah and the, the writings and, and just the Bible, there's just not a lot to it. And so I think God does that on purpose uh, a lot of the time, probably most of the time and all the time. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I love simplicity personally, you know, I, I love me a good um, you know, solid theological quote, and I like, you know, digging into philosophy sometimes, but in the end, I am a simple person, and I like to strip things down to their basic form, because I believe that the Bible is written for the simple to walk with him, um, and so to me, you know, this is, a, it's very literally a day of blasting, and so, you know, think about if a thousand people came out to outside your house, and they blew a trumpet, what would you do? You would probably drop everything you're doing in one way or shape or another, you know, dishes would be breaking and, you know, kids would be crying and all this stuff. And you would go outside and see what on earth is going on. Yeah. And so to me, this is a day of announcement. It's a day of like, wake up, you know, it's a day of, Hey, there's stuff going on here. And, you know, we look through the scripture and, you know, we, can kind of believe that you know Yeshua is going to be returning during the fall festivals, and so to me this this day is just a day of you know lift your heads from the work in your fields, lift your heads from whatever you're doing, and remember and look to the sky. You know the King is coming. It's time to start moving toward there. Um, and so this could even go along with what we're talking about. Like hear that sound of the trumpet. He's calling you, and he's calling you to lift your head and show you who you are and where you're going. That's interesting. And it's interesting you brought up the whole thing with the queen earlier, Mike, uh, because it kind of correlates back with this uh, for any of you who have watched that are listening. Um, the uh, When King Charles is announced, before he's announced 
publicly as king. They did the whole procession where the king's guard came out, preceded by trumpeters, <laughs> and the trumpeters trumpeted, <laughs> and then the proclamation was read announcing the arrival of the king. We see it in a physical form. And here we are given by the king of kings a day on which he says, hey, prep this because this is the announcement of the arrival of the king. Mm -hmm. So watch and be aware mm -hmm. because one day those trumpets are going to resound and the king is going to come forth just as it is proclaimed he would to then to go off what you're saying too which is a great sense because we actually can see it right on our the television screen we can actually see what's going on and during this time of the month of Elul is also a month of reflection a month of repentance is what it's also usually called it's all preparation for this for these coming feast because they know how serious these feasts are because one day the king of kings is going to return and we don't know the day or the hour, but we kind of know around the timeline when it's going to be during the year. It's going to be around mm -hmm. sometime around this time when the announcement is going to happen. And that's how we have to take seriously of reflection. I think that I look back at my life. I think I always, I think everyone hates it when you have to go in. Even in our work, we have red lines where you basically have all your work and it's all red line from your client or whatever. But your life is now under review. In my perspective, it would be your life is under review. And the announcement's been made, and now you're being called up to be take account for what you've been doing this year. And there's that sense of being sealed and inscribed in the book of life. That's the idea, for, especially during Yom Kippur. And the books are being opened at this time. And when the announcement and the books are now being brought before him, and then the King of Kings is going to make his judgment for what's going to be upon you this next coming year. There's a traditional way of looking at it. And I think that that's something that we have to also remember is that this is a call. This, you know, this we're talking about this topic of who you are. This is a topic that literally this this topic of Yom Teruah of the announcement, a feast of the blowing the shofar, is a call for you to recognize who you are. That's what really this feast is about. Who are you? You're a child of the King. Simple way of saying it. <laughs> You're a child of the King, and mm -hmm. take part in understanding that. Yeshua came and died for us, and he has the final say-so over what's going to happen to you, mm. and that you belong to that. So I think that that's one of the biggest things I can leave you with with Yom Teruah, and it's a fantastic feast to be a part of, and to hear all those shofars blast is also, like, it revived. You guys did those two shofars and how they were playing off each other with the notes. That was mm. really, really cool. <laughs> and Mike was like, hey, Dave, go over there, stay over there. you got to hear this. Yeah. <laughs> so that was amazing. If you never had that happen, Find a, if you could be a part of a community, that's always great. Be a part of a community, have them blow shofars like that. Wow, you'll feel something inside of you. Mm -hmm. Well, that happens every week at Life Assembly here in Franklin, North Carolina. So unashamed mm -hmm. plug there for yes. our congregation. <laughs> Absolutely. But, uh, Ryan, when you're talking about the king, um, is, is, it, is it any coincidence that here in the midst of the week prior to Yom Teruah, which is the coronation of the spiritual king that this is being played out in the media of a natural king? 
Mm -hmm. I know. And to kind of put it in simple terms, in a sense, it's it's funny to me how much credibility the world wants to give this yeah. and how much they want to take away from our king of kings. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's yep. you know. This is accepted. You know, the fact that they can wear funny fur hats and strange red coats and white stockings and blow these little brass horns, that's okay. But they want to uh, ridicule and poke fun at somebody who's truly in love with the father blowing yeah. a ram's horn on his commanded day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, you know, yeah. realizing and recognizing him as the creator of all things. Yep. Man, that's a good one. So does this come back to the, to the one of the original thoughts that uh, people that don't understand that they're a spiritual being living in a physical body will worship that which is in the physical realm instead of that which is in the spiritual realm? Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, mm -hmm. always looking Absolutely. for something. Hmm. Exactly. Wow, wow. So, Dad, we have a we have an email account. Uh, what's that email account that people can send uh, any questions or comments to? It is on purpose at mail dot com. Well, there you go, on purpose at mail dot com. Yeah. If you guys got any feedback for us, uh, and not talking about like you know microphone feedback, we had that little that little fun <laughs> show. If you guys have any comments or questions, you know, we'd love to hear from you. Um, show topic ideas, you know, we got our kind of next few weeks laid out, but we'd love to hear from you. So um, until next week, it has been a pleasure, guys. Any closing mm -hmm. thoughts or words? I think the only closing comment I wanted to say is that we were kind of tapping on the very end there. If uh, if you're ever feeling down, always be on guard. If, if you have a voice in your head that is challenging your identity, you know where that voice is coming from and it's not coming from the father. And that's where you can really cut that off because if he was able right. to get to Eve that simply, that's it. You could stop that dead in its tracks. You can prevent yourself the heartache of going through whatever that thought was about to come in because doubt, doubt to your identity is a very powerful tool that the enemy uses against you to drive you mm -hmm. away from what your purpose should be. Yeah. Indeed. All right. Well, my final comment will be the one that I've been using every week now and might just make it a tradition <laughs> that he has plans for you. It says the, the father says in the book of Jeremiah, I know the plans I have for you, not for evil, but for good to give you a future and a hope. He placed you here on purpose. So live your life on purpose. Amen. Take care guys. See you next week. See you later. Except for you, Daniel. See you tomorrow night. <laughs> God of the universe, maker of